This week's episode is sponsored by Jagged Edge Productions and ITN Studios' Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2. Only in theaters, March 26th to March 28th. The suspenseful and thrilling sequel to last year's immense hit, Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey, amplifies the gore factor with ten times the number of kills to put fans both new and old at the edge of their seats. After Christopher Robin reveals their existence, Winnie the Pooh, Piglet, Tigger, and Owl land on the endangered species list as hard targets. Unwilling to hide in the shadows, the ultimate scream team embarks on a murderous rampage through the town of Ashdown to get their revenge on Christopher Robin, once and for all. So don't miss out, and mark your calendars to catch the limited engagement of Winnie the Pooh, Blood and Honey 2, only in theaters March 26th to March 28th. Tickets are available now. Get in, losers. This is the Lady Killers, a feminine rage podcast. I'm Jen. I'm Sammy. I'm Rocco. And I'm May. Our podcast is a tribute to the female identifying killers in horror and more. Each episode will feature us, your Supreme Court of female murderers, discussing our favorite lady killers from your Julias and Jennifers to your Carries and Christines. We'll tell her story, decide if it's good for her horror, and answer the most important question of all. Would we die for her? Join us on Thursdays as we pull on our sweaters, snatch our ice picks, sharpen our scissors, and honor the lady killers who live on the silver screen. No boys were harmed in the making of this podcast. Yet. <laughs> <laughs> Hey there, friends. Michael Myers Rothman. What you're about to hear is a clip from our latest installment of The Rental, which sees your Halloweenies and moi included studying Philip Kaufman's 1978 remake of Invasion of the Body Snatchers. So how do you hear the full thing? Well, you can become a member of our Patreon, The Rewind. You can find a link in the description of this episode, or you can visit www.patreon.com slash Halloweeniespod. Hope to see you there. So we can give you one more scare. So we'll talk about Kaufman style in a bit, but I think we should just kind of linger a little bit on the San Francisco element on here because I think that's pretty much a good place to pivot into like the commentary and the themes at all. So there's a proper distinction between this film, 1978 and 1956, in the sense that in this film, Dr. Kibner, the great Leonard Nimoy, late Leonard anymore. He, he's pa- he passed, right? Unfortunately. Yeah. So he says in this film, you'll be born again into an untroubled world, free of anxiety, fear, and hate. And that's a pointed change from the 1956 version in which the, the, the Twitter character in that says, you'll be born again in an untroubled world, free of love, desire, ambition, and faith. And so I kind of wanted to throw this out. So what do we make of this change? And, and, and how do you feel it really does reflect upon the world of 1978 and, and particularly what was going on in San Francisco, especially with the runoff of the 60s counterculture movement. Caffrey, would you, you, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, it's interesting because a lot of what I was finding about this movie was making the Cold War comparisons and talking about communist paranoia, but I, I actually don't see any of that in this movie. I was 
so rooted in the new age thinking and these kind of spas that we see and Leonard Nimoy's sort of new age psychology in my, and I don't know, I don't know if the movie is necessarily criticizing those things as much as saying that within this kind of environment, it would be easy for something to slip in and overtake it. If that makes sense. Like, I don't know. Do you guys think that it, I mean, it's having some fun with a lot of the new age therapies and everything, but I didn't necessarily think that it was saying that those things were evil more that, oh, this is a big sea change and it would be easy for another sea change to kind of slip in there, if that makes sense. Because if you, like you were saying before, the way the aliens are looking at their overtaking of the human race, it's not necessarily, oh, we're harvesting you and eating you or something like that. It's more just about serenity and almost like this higher level of thinking. So it's almost like an exaggerated version of what's already going on with the counterculture movement, if that makes sense. Oh, totally. Totally. Mac, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, no, I I agree with you, Dan. I I do feel like, I mean, they are absolutely using these people as sustenance and eating them, but they're telling them that, <laughs> that, that, that they are going to be fine, and you know uh, that, that these things are going to be taken away. The switch, though, is interesting to me. You think that you think that it would well. I mean, this is far after the '60s, but you think that it would still be free of love, desire, ambition, and faith. Right at the yeah, time, yeah, and that it wouldn't be free of. I think, like, if you made an invasion now, I'd say you'd you'd say free of anxiety, fear, and hate, because that is so in the zeitgeist of like everything, like everything you see on the news is just it's all like telling you who to fear, telling you who to hate, who's to blame for your problems, and that's how the world is being steered today. But back then, I feel like you know the seventies pretty much were still you know part you know part in part of the 60s in the sense of the free love you know and the, and just like things were simpler things were easier and there was a lot more just like the whole thing with with you know Jeff Goldblum's character and like the poet and like the yeah like the free thinking free thinkers movement in that in in San Francisco and like the the forward thinking people right and like uh that people would laugh at uh, you know in, in terms of uh, the more conservative line or whatever. I think like that would be, you think it would still be that, but it's, yeah. it's not, I don't know. I'm, I'm getting a little lost in my, well, thought, it, but it, the lines were a little more concrete as opposed to today where it's so blurred, where it's like everyone, it, it's, it just seems like a, a, you know, a fucking murky blob at this point. But I, I think what's interesting for me looking at this film is that you look at the 56 one and it seems like they're dealing with such larger uh, tropes of of the of specifically like almost like xenophobia as of like the outsider coming in which is certainly what you know obviously deals with the cold war paranoia and what i think is so interesting of this one is that i mean when you think about what has changed in american history from 1956 to to 1978 you get this sense of, all right, in 1956, we're still kind of going off the rah-rah of the, yeah, we're the greatest generation. We did it. We, you know, we have to save the world. By 1978, I mean, Kennedy's been shot, arguably by our own country. <laughs> you have Martin Luther King. You have the civil rights movement that happened. There's like, not to mention Watergate. I think there was this sort of paranoia, obviously conspiracy about what was happening within as opposed to what was coming out with, you know, from, from within the walls. Cause at that point we kind of knew about a lot of the shit that we were bought into thinking about in the fifties was kind of bullshit from the government. And I think a lot of it was kind of this, what do we, you know, how, who can we trust within, within our own country? And I think a lot of that s- sort of powers what happens with the counterculture movement where these ideas of 
of of love and 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 peace kind of shatter because of what happens with you know with everything i just described you know even the stuff with manson all these things kind of crumble and fall apart and so they kind of weirdly i feel like a lot of these bo- these boomers at the point uh, is to, for lack of a better word i hate using that word but that's what you know the easiest construct to use nowadays they yeah. did turn to these things that were these like pop psychologists these sort of uh new wave these, these new wave movements that certainly is something that even joe dante makes fun of with howling but i think what's so creepy about that is I think that is what makes this movie feel even more timeless because you're right, Mac, like a lot of these things that they say in this quote, I was like, yeah, you, you could, I think that's why it hits hard today because all these things have, it doesn't change. I mean, it's like one of those things where once the, 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 you know, once Pandora's box is open, it's open. And I think a lot of what happened in the sixties and seventies, is that over the top thinking there? I mean, no, no, I don't think so at all. I I mean, I think with any, 